0: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here
1: are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikolov.
0: All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the first episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing. My name is Zach Williams, and I'm alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov.
1: Hey, guys.
0: You know, in starting this podcast, our goal was to bring some really great insights from around the industry, as well as tactics and strategies that we are seeing that are working to help grow leads and sales with architects, builders, designers, contractors, whoever, whatever the players are on the channel, we're trying to help building material manufacturers, you know, grow their marketing efforts to get these kinds of results. And the big shift that we're seeing is that there's this big shift online. And a lot of manufacturers are seeing this And we're not just talking about e-commerce and selling online, but the fact that your audience is spending so much more time online and so much more of the buying process is happening there. And that's really the goal of this podcast. But the problem is that most building material manufacturers view their website as a checkbox. I've gotten it done. Check. The site's done. On budget. Check. And now I move on. But there's so much opportunity for your site to be a revenue generator. And we're not just talking about e-commerce, are we, Beth?
1: No, definitely not. It absolutely applies to everybody across the board. You don't have to sell materials on your site. And in fact, most don't.
0: I think the last stat I saw for uh, purchases that happen online, I think the stat was that 97% of purchases start online, but only 6% of purchases actually happen online. So what that tells us is that individuals, regardless of whether or not you market to architects or builders or contractors or even homeowners, the research process is starting online and oftentimes finishing offline.
1: And that makes sense, Zach, if you think about it, because essentially we carry the internet with us in our pocket. So all you have to do is have a thought about a product or consider a problem that you ran into on your last project. And you know, you don't want to have to run into again on an upcoming project. And you just type that into Google so it doesn't have to necessarily be that you think that you're looking or you think that you're starting your research or purchase process online, but really that is what's happening.
0: Yeah, I think I mean think about it this way. I mean for every every person that you talk to, every customer you talk to of yours, there's 10 more potential customers out there online that could be researching your product right now. Not to mention that your website works for you 24/7, which is kind of a is kind of a no-brainer, but Your audience, your target audience could be in their bed about to fall asleep and researching your product. And if your online presence is positioned the best, that gives you that much of a greater opportunity to not only market to them, but to ultimately get their sale.
1: And on the flip side of that, if your online presence isn't up to par, people will just move on immediately. If your audience comes to your website and it's confusing, it's hard to navigate, they can't find the answers to the questions that they have, they'll leave. You've got about six seconds to make a good impression before they'll leave and look at a competitor who is going to answer their questions and is going to make their process easier.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think about things like Amazon, Beth, like Amazon, I think, has ruined us. You know, like <laughs> Amazon has ruined us because we expect so much of, of companies now. I think there was, a, there was a quote that came out by uh, Jeff Bezos, who's their founder, who said uh, they want to be, basically, they want to be the most customer- centric company in the world which might be might be funny thinking you know hearing that coming from Amazon but it's true like everything that they do is focused on the customer they want to make that customer buying process easier and so Amazon has ruined us because our expectation of brands regardless of if they're as big as Amazon or as small as a mom and pop shop our expectations is that they are at the level of Amazon which is important for manufacturers to think about because your audience, whether you are as large as Amazon or not, likely, likely you're not, they, they compare you to that intrinsically. They might not say it out loud or think it in their head, but if your site is difficult to use and your online presence doesn't provide them the information they want, they're likely to go elsewhere. So let's jump into how you can turn your online presence into your best salesperson. So we've worked on, gosh Beth, hundreds of manufacturer websites for sure. don't I know I lost count, but let's, <laughs> say, let's just say hundreds. And there's, I think three common things that we see that every manufacturer needs to think about with their online presence, if they're going to turn it into their best salesperson. So we've broken those down. I'm going to walk through this with you today. The first thing that you need to do when thinking about turning your online presence into your best salesperson is you need to focus first and foremost on your message. What is the story or the message that you're telling your audience that's going to get their attention? So many websites, and we see this every day, too many manufacturer websites focus on themselves way too much instead of focusing on solving their audience's problems.
1: You actually wrote a really great article about this recently, Zach, and one of the things that you said that I really liked is that it's not your job to turn your audience into an expert about your product category, whatever that would be. You know, the architect or the builder, the contractor, whoever's coming to your site, whoever they are, it's not your job to make them an expert in your product. All you need to do is show them that you have the solution to their problems.
0: That's a great point. I think, you know, we use this this little Venn diagram where we have like your product on one side of the Venn diagram and your audience's problem whether that's an architect or a builder. And the intersection between those two things should be your website. Your website needs to be solely focused on how you can solve your audience's problems. So if you sell, let's say you sell high-end decking or let's say composite decking, your audience is probably a deck contractor or a homeowner. So your content, your website should be focused on things like um, enjoying your outdoor space. It shouldn't be, hey, check out our new product line. Because frankly, they probably don't care about your new product line. They care about if it's a contractor, how can I sell more? And if it's a homeowner, how can I enjoy my outdoor space?
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: And just a quick example of this is is we have a a client in the actually the indoor flooring space or commercial flooring space. Their name is Nidri Flooring. And right on their home homepage, the first thing you see is a a big tagline or a big value proposition statement that says, high performance, real wood flooring that stands the test of time. And I think that this is a really good example of positioning your product around solving a problem because the, their audience are you know, architects and designers. And so architects and designers want really beautiful real wood flooring, but they don't want it to erode over time. And so they've really made the content of their, of their website focus on solving that problem of, of both beauty and luxury alongside of durability
1: the way that they're framing it is really important because I think one of the common mistakes that's made on manufacturer's website is that you're trying to establish trust. Someone comes to your site for the very first time, you want them to trust that you can deliver on time, that you have high quality products, things like that, that we all know your audience is looking for. So you end up saying things like, we've been in business since 1908, but that's not proving to me that you're going to solve my problems. So the way that Nidri is establishing trust is by immediately on your first glance at the website saying, here's your problem. Because if you're an architect or a designer who creates retail design spaces in high traffic areas, you're concerned about wear and tear on the floors. So we're immediately telling you, we give you beautiful floors that are going to stand up to that wear and tear. The second thing to making your online presence your best salesperson is that Once you've got the message down, you want to start thinking about experience. And what we're talking about is actually incredible experience. Now, before you start thinking, I need to do a complete website redesign, I need to spend all of this money making everything look absolutely beautiful, let's go back and think about Amazon, for example. Amazon, I mean, they're just killing it across the board, right? They're putting brick and mortar stores out of business left and right. No one can keep up with them. But I don't think anyone would argue that Amazon's website is the most beautiful. But they are dedicated to solving problems. And they're dedicated to getting people on their site all the information that they need. They're putting experience at the top of their list. So let's look at an example. If you think about a recent disruption, let's think about the Nest thermostat compared to Honeywell. Honeywell is a much larger established product in the space. They've been around for what? I don't, I want to say over a hundred years.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. They're one of the original thermostats in homes and residences. And all of a sudden, Nest comes out of nowhere. Now, don't get me wrong, Nest is beautiful. If you ever run into Zach at a trade show, he will nerd out so hard about Nest, as he should. We're major fans. But Nest won because their site is incredible. They placed their online presence and the incredible experience that they wanted people to have on their site above all else. In contrast, if you go to the Honeywell site and try to buy a thermostat, what you're going to land on is a massive product page. We have this, we have this, we have this, we have this. And while it's good to show your product offering you're not helping anybody, whether they're commercial or homeowners, you're not helping anybody in the channel differentiate between your products. Secondly, if you go to Nest, the very first thing you see on their homepage is programs itself, then pays for itself. I'm so interested.
0: Yes. Dang. Isn't that so compelling?
1: Yeah. It's so good.
0: Yeah. And I think this is important to note, note here, too, Beth. You said something that I think you know, we shouldn't glance over is that, yes, Nest had a really innovative product. They had, you know quote, unquote, a better product. But the better product doesn't always win. But, but if we look at consumers today, whether that is an architect or a builder, whoever, we all crave incredible experiences. And if you go to Nest, you can literally buy and get someone to install your, your thermostat right on their website and so we're not necessarily advocating for e-commerce here but what we can what we can glean from this situation is that they took the pain points of their audience homeowners and may and solve those problems that using their online presence same with amazon same with nest same with other disruptors like casper who's in a different you know industry like mattresses But if we look at Nest specifically, we can figure out or take what they're doing well and apply that to your business by saying, what are the things that your audience has a difficult time with? That can be things like sample requests or pricing information or questions about your product that no one's answering around durability or comparison to competitors. Those are things that your audience might have questions about. And if you can create an online experience that's focused on, again, those solving those problems, but making that process easier, you're going to win against your competition and you're going to grow your online presence.
1: Yeah. And if you want to just take it from a different angle, something that we say a lot is that your online presence is setting your potential customer up for what they can expect when dealing with you as a company and the quality they can expect from your products. And It's a shame because that can feel like it's out of your hands and you feel like you're being judged unfairly because for whatever reason, your online presence isn't where you would like it to be. But the truth is, if your online presence is either A, non-existent or B, extremely confusing, that's how people are going to feel about your product. They're going to feel like, well, if I get this, is it going to work? If it breaks, how am I going to know who to contact? You're setting them up for what it's going to be like to work with you and you should be making a case for why they should choose you over your competitor.
0: The final third key to turning your online presence into your best salesperson is conversion. And conversion is a term that gets thrown around a lot in digital marketing, but in its simplest form, what we mean by conversion is, once you have somebody on your site, you've conveyed your message, you've built an experience for them that's helping them solve their problems, Conversion is actually getting them to become a sales-ready opportunity, or even a lead, if you will. So most manufacturers, what they do, and we see this all the time, they focus too much on generating leads and not enough on relationships. Now, that might be might sound funny because we, Venvio, focus a lot on leads, but if you're trying to get the sale too quickly on a website or get someone to become a sales-ready opportunity, we equate it to being like on a first date and trying to get married on your first date. It's, it just doesn't make sense. So what you should try to do when thinking about conversion or creating leads is try to give away as much value as possible in exchange for as little as possible. Just ask yourself, is what I'm giving them, giving my audience or my visitor, is what I'm giving them worth what I'm getting from them? You always want to give more value than what you're asking for. So for example. Um, I saw this on James Hardy's website. They have a uh, a download product catalog um, option right on their product pages, which is a great idea. And if you click that, you think, okay, this product catalog is going to download right away. There's a form there that asks you for everything short of your social security number, which is it's pretty ridiculous. But I, I'm sure there's some reasons why they're doing that, but. It's a, I guarantee you if they reduce the number of fields on that page to something like just your name and your email address, the number of leads they were getting for that would, would drastically increase.
1: Yeah. Something we talk about and encourage people to do is say, we want you to feel uncomfortable with the amount that you're giving away. That's how you know that it's valuable.
0: Yeah. I mean, so if you're thinking about things like, you know, not just, you know, quote request forms, that's really bottom of funnel conversion. But even things higher up like pricing information, samples, ebooks, white papers, downloads, te- you know, um, even things like teachings or trainings, all of those things are great ways to create and build your lead, lead database. But you need to make sure that, number one, that that's really valuable and you are giving away more value than what you're asking for in return. Because if you're giving away a lot of value then it becomes a lot easier for them or for your visitors to want to give you more information down the road when they're actually ready to buy because they don't feel like you're asking for too much. You're already establishing that you are a company focused on creating value.
1: So if we go back, we've talked about three things you can do to make your online presence your number one salesperson. First thing is you're going to simplify your message. You want it to be clear what you do, where you fit best, and what problems you solve.
0: The second thing you want to do is focus on making an incredible customer experience online. That doesn't mean just making a pretty website. That means making sure you're answering all the questions that your audience has that none of your competitors are answering or no one else is. So your audience is going to want to come back and spend more time on your site because you're actually helping them.
1: And then the final thing is you're going to give people on your site multiple places to convert into a lead that comes way before sample requests or get a quote. So you're going to give them opportunities to download white papers, case studies, webinars, checklists, anything like that. You want to give them as much value as possible without asking for a ton of information in return. You can find out a lot about a person and have the ability to nurture them in the future with just a name and email.
0: Absolutely. Thanks again for listening. Before you go, if you like this episode and you want more great content on how you can outperform your competition as well as grow your online presence, go subscribe to the Smarter Building Materials show at venvio.com slash podcast, where we're going to be sending you weekly insights, strategies, and case studies on what other building product manufacturers are doing. Until next time, this is Zach and Beth at Venvio.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thank you. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth
0: Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.